Hello and welcome to the Rise and Thrive podcast. I'm Erin Warhol and I'm here with my friend and my mentor, Mary Hayes Greco. Hello again. Hi, Mary. So, you know, we've been having all over the last few months, we've been having a great time every Saturday morning attending your class that you teach and I listen to and participate in. Because <laughs> apparently you're not sick of my classes yet. No, Aaron, I'm not. After, after eight years, <laughs> you're still like looking pretty fresh and still wagging your tail and saying, well, that was interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's how I felt today. I, um, so today, and we're going to talk about this on the podcast, but, but the title of today's class was, well, it's part of the self-love module that we've been in for the last few weeks. Why don't Mm -hmm. you describe what today's class was? Yep. So this is all part of the 16 week journey called my beautiful life, which is being taught in four sections. We just finished the second section on self-love. And so I'm kind of seeing it like this four-week self-love module is sort of like multivitamins for your Mm -hmm. spirit (laughs) because (laughs) it's a long winter. It's the uh, end of a long pandemic. People are a little low, uh, not quite sure where we're going sometimes. And so anyway, I was conceiving of this class as kind of like multivitamins to uh, boost us, boost our spirits. And so um, through the course of this self-love unit, we've talked about um, dealing with uh, perfectionism and letting that go and like really getting good with our imperfection and being committed to joy anyway. Mm -hmm. And then we had a class on intimacy and healthy vulnerability. That was delicious. (laughs) delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then last week we talked about um, self-forgiveness and we had some really nice uh, private journaling guided exercises uh, in which we uh, connected with our higher self, with our soul, and really asked to go the next level with forgiving ourselves, our problems, and loving ourselves um, very well. And uh, that was very very strong, strong and good. Yeah. Yeah. And so today to complete the multivitamin program for the spirit of (laughs) self-love, we talked about what I call the wild self Mm. and the confident self. So we talked about wildness and confidence. Yeah. And that, that was really interesting. And I wasn't expecting this, Mary, but when you started talking about the wild self, somehow or other, I, I was a little uncomfortable, like, oh, I, I guess I can get in a groove of what are the rules and and how should things go and how do I want things to go and when you start talking about you're good what... at the normal self you're good at the... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're good at the like steady as she goes let's be civilized and yeah. and yeah. professional and so you get a little twitchy when we talk I, about the wild yeah, self yeah I just I I don't think I would normally for some reason today it just kind of hit me. But uh, for for people who are listening on the podcast and weren't part of the class, why don't you describe the the importance of the wild self and making space for that and cultivating that and why you would even bother doing that? Right. Well, because it's important and uh, it's showed up in our culture for centuries as something important. We have managed to make room for the wild self in certain safe, safely wild situations in our societies like New Year's Eve 
and April Fool's Day and Halloween and of course Las Vegas. You can go to Las Vegas and be a little wild and foolish with your money and uh, Mardi Gras. You can wear you know you can collect a lot of beads <laughs> for certain kinds of behaviors <laughs> yeah. at st patrick's day <laughs> you can uh if you're in chicago they dye the river green that's pretty wild that's mm-hmm. pretty outrageous yeah and you know there's certain things that people do and they're teenagers and they go to college they experiment with altered states they the dorm goes flashing you know through naked through the town one day (laughs) so why do we do these things why do we need the wild side i think i think we get bored of our steady uh rule guided lives and we every now and then have to just break out and do mm-hmm. some some pure expression and i think it's re- really refreshing so so we talked about um different flavors of the wild self and encouraged everyone in our class who was you know uh fe- feeling the winter feeling feeling the like i've been good i've been good and steady and doing my best with this all this stuff and kind of encouraging people to think about um how do you safely break out Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, okay. You shared a really funny story and I, could you just tell it again? It's so, it's so great. Um, about a day that you were going to be on morning TV. Right. And I think as a TV person yourself, having been the producer of a ongoing TV show for some yeah. years, I'm sure that I'm sure you could really appreciate that, that moment. Okay. Well, that was under the category of um, do something goofy. Okay, this is a form of wildness, right? The the forms I identified were um, uh, personal wildness with a moment in nature, mm-hmm. uh, personal wildness when you do something unexpected, even to you, uh, or when you break the rules because it didn't hurt anything at all, or you go walk about. You have to just go go off just go off on your feet or in your car or on the train or somewhere and travel with no plans and do something goofy so this was the do something goofy moment (laughs) (laughs) well there i was there i was some years ago and i was doing my forgiveness thing which uh, it's kind of has some seasons you know some people think about forgiveness sometimes before christmas or before the holidays before thanksgiving they think about it in the springtime spring cleaning for your heart anyway i I was uh, in the business of noticing when is it a good time to get on local television and talk about the next forgiveness workshop so I was at a local television station for one of those morning magazine shows and I was in the green room, which was a small room. It wasn't green, but I still call it the green room. I was in the small room with about six other guests and a television, a big television right in front of me. And I don't watch television. So the fact that I was sitting there from 20 minutes to before the show started till the last 10 minutes of the two hour show, because they told me to be there the whole time. I was getting very, very glazed and like hypnotized and, and cynical and uh, crabby. And 
<laughs> restless because I don't watch a lot of television. And I was just sitting there through all these stories, all these little magazine stories, 10 minutes of this and 10 minutes of that. Here's a recipe. Here's a fashion thing. Here's a uh, how do you fix your thing. Here's a, all these different little stories. And, the, and then the commercials, blah, 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 cars and, and cleaners. And oh, my God, I was getting just so overwhelmed by our culture because I don't usually just sit and watch our culture, Erin. It gets me mad. It gets me <laughs> mad how commercial and materialistic and, and superficial and weird everything is. So I was sitting there in my nice suit and my makeup getting mad while waiting for my turn, ironically, to talk about forgiveness on television. <laughs> angry <laughs> as I was about to go on and talk about forgiveness so I was sitting there and just just eh, kind of restless and angry and I was sitting in the, I was feeling like I was in a Woody Allen movie or something because suddenly I was surrounded by characters from Sesame Street there was just three or four people sitting in chairs nearby me they were dressed like Big Bird and oh, Ernie hilarious. and Elmo and you know and they were, but they were Minnesotans and they were sitting there with their masks up, getting ready to go on and talk about what was it? Sesame Street on ice. This must yeah. have been one of your time. <laughs> right. So it was kind of, I felt sort of altered. Like I'm already crabby and mad and in this weird culture. And I, and you know, uh, and then I'm sitting next to Ernie and it's, you know, uh, so then they announced the next segment and, and I think the, that guest actually wasn't there, which is like probably a problem for them. But they said, okay, and next, Minnesota's top hot new model, you know, <laughs> stay tuned. And I was just in this crabby ultra state. So I thought, I'm just, I just jumped to my feet and I fixed my hair and I, I fixed my, my shirt and I looked everyone, everyone brightly and I said, okay, guys, wish me luck. And I kind of swished to the door and opened the door like I am Minnesota's top hot new model. And of course, I'm not, Erin. I mean, I'm a little bit cute, right? But I certainly was, I was wearing probably like I'm wearing today, a double sweater, you know, and a little glasses and I don't know. So anyway, but all the, the Sesame Street characters were sitting there looking deer in the headlights like they didn't know whether they should say, yeah, good luck or seriously, she's the Minnesota top hot new model. Oh, my God. Poor Minnesota. You know, they anyway, they, they looked so uncomfortable that it gave me a good laugh. That and, is such a good laugh. It Well, and it was so spontaneous, Mary, for you to just like amuse yourself by doing it was, that. I was just amusing myself. I didn't care anymore. I was just like, <laughs> oh, they get me on this freaking TV show. Ah, oh, Minnesota's top hot new model. That's me. Here I go. Like I was doing that with my girlfriends or something. And instead, all the all the nice, polite Minnesotans were, were just looking at me with great bewilderment. How could that be? So, yeah. And then to finish the story, I went on television and the producer was so glazed herself. I mean, the interviewer, the host was so glazed herself and it was such a disorganized, crazy show that she was like just counting the minutes till it was over. And she introduced me as someone who was talking about, you know, winter depression, seasonal affective disorder. And I'm not. I was there to talk about forgiveness. <laughs> So you had so much, you had to forgive on the way was, in and forgive on the way out. The whole, the whole thing, you know, and did I even get anyone to sign up for the workshop from that show? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> know. But at least I yeah. had that, I had my, my uh, top, top hot model moment. 
yeah. So that, that was just, was that was, a, that's an example of, you know, breaking out and doing something a little wild. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt anybody. It refreshes your mind. It's goofy. You know, yeah. why not? Why, why not? not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Well, and I, I love it. I mean, it's sort of bringing creativity into the mundane, right? So if you're the wild side has a purpose, the wild side is there to kind of like break up the monotony, break up the expected, break up and just bring a new well, energy. Just, just be you. Just yeah. just be you right now. You know, yeah. sometimes you you are you have a little crazy goofy thought. Well, let's just do it. Yeah. Well, that's great. And then so in the class, you, you talked about that and we were all kind of thinking about what you know, how we let our wild side out and probably people over the next two days will be doing a little bit more of that because you were a real inspiration with <laughs> sharing right. that silly story. But right. uh, And I was the, so, I was getting so, um, a little bit, uh, what's the word? I was getting a little dazed in class because it's an amazing, really soft, dull, dull dark winter day in which yeah. the snow is just like everything's fading out. And so... I actually found the need to go out and eat some snow during the <laughs> during the class break because yeah. I had to wake myself up. So I want to just go be with the wild world out in my woods here. I'll just go eat some snow. I did and yeah, perked and you I right brought up. And I bowl of snow back to class <laughs> on Zoom and said, "I'm eating snow. It's helping." And everyone kind of laughed because, "Oh yeah, we're talking about just doing stuff you feel like doing." Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and the other part of the class you talked about uh, the confidence code, which is sort of a cousin to the wild side. The two aren't the same. It's not at all. But I think if we if we have a little collection of wild moments in our life, like the time that I jumped off that bridge, not to kill myself, but I jumped off into the river because <laughs> it was fun. And I, I wasn't drunk. I was I was a good swimmer. I could do it. I jumped off the bridge into the river. Woo! That was wild, yeah. you know, or the time that I, you know, helped a stranger with such and such. And I ended up driving them, you know, to the next state and it was great. Or I don't know. <laughs> There's just like these weird moments we have in life that we're sort of proud of ourselves. Like, yeah, you know what? That was different, but I did it and it was good. Well, I think if we have a little collection of wild moments, it does add to our basic sense of confidence, mm-hmm. like that I'm a person who can be in different situations. I'm yeah. a person who can reimagine situations. Yeah. So, but we were really riffing off of um, the work of Caddy Kay and her cohort in the book Confidence Code. And uh, so we were, we were doing some thinking around around that. And um, it seems like people were, were very, really um, appreciating that because yeah. um, it sort of built off of what we were saying a few weeks ago about not being perfectionistic, that mm-hmm. when we really want to get confident at something, what we want to do is not think too hard about it, say yes to what we want to do, and then figure it out as we go, take the actions, make the mistakes, be ourselves, do it again. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I love that. <laughs> Say yes, take action, make a mistake, learn some things, be yourself, repeat again. And the more you do that, the more natural ingrained confidence you develop. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot in, in the work I do and the work I do with people, you know, who are creators, whether they're podcasters or radio hosts or TV 
um, producers or hosts. And it is just sort of like leaning into there's something here. I don't know exactly, you know, we're going to pilot this idea. We'll pilot it. You guys are kind of on the on the front lines with this because any mistakes made are public. Yeah, uh, they're <laughs> they're on view. <laughs> so I think people that are developing their chops in media and um, and teaching and public speaking and all of that uh, kind of have a you know uh got a higher game <laughs> to play because it's gonna be it's gonna be right there public although in fact when you make mistakes half the time people don't notice it and right. half the time they forget about it much sooner than you do so yeah it you bring up something important though that i think there's sort of two distinct ways of thinking about this and i am like start small pilot an idea see how it works talk about it you know learn from it which is the path that that you're talking about with the confidence code that Katie Kay mm -hmm. is talking about and and I really like that because each iteration you learn you keep learning you keep learning and you, and you get bolder and you try new things and you develop some muscle memory for some of it and it starts uh just sinking in and getting a little bit more yeah. natural yeah there's another way that I've worked with people before where they they want everything perfect and it's like all behind the scenes and then they want to like wheel it out and have a big ta-da, you know, which can backfire because maybe there's something you didn't think of or I don't know. I, I don't prefer that approach. No, I'm sure you have see, had many moments of <laughs> learning why you don't prefer that approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I like, I liked what you were saying about becoming somebody who grows their confidence by failing fast and learning from it and giving it a go and not waiting and waiting until everything's perfect. And not ruminating, not, not thinking about it. And they made a point in their book that women are much worse um, mm. at that part than men are. And they think there is some brain, some brain differences. Really? With, yeah. They think with men and women, one of the, what they found is that men generally are more confident about things that they maybe even know less about than <laughs> the same woman who is very competent at something, but she doesn't have the confidence to say so. And she wants to get everything just perfectly right. And um, they found that it's really significant in terms of women's success because they find that people hire uh, new hires based on confidence even really? more than competence. Oh, wow. You can have two candidates and two resumes side by side. And one of them is a woman who's highly competent. And the other one is a man who is pretty competent, but highly confident. Well, who are they going to hire? They're going to hire for confidence. It really speaks. It really oh, comes through. That's wow. why there's a lot of women that they interviewed who are complaining, like, I'm always getting passed over. Why am I always mm. getting passed over? I'm so good. I know more about this than he does. But in fact, it's because they share, they showed less confidence in the interview. They showed less confidence in their authority, in their knowledge. So they surmise from their brain studies that one of the things that <clears throat> reduces or, or kills women's confidence is that we have more of brain matter that is tuning in to all the people in our environment that and seeing how people are reacting to yeah. us. 
So women are famous for being community builders. We're the weavers. We're the nurturers. We're the ones that get the relatives together. We're the ones that uh, facilitate harmony and community because our brains are globally checking out. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Is this person happy? Is that person tense? Is this person hungry? Does that person need something? Our brains are looking for people's comfort levels around us. And that's just, we have more of that stuff. We have more of that corpus callosum that makes us see and care what people think. So therefore, when we're making bold decisions at work or um, in theories or whatever, we are checking out how how is this landing? What are people thinking? Mm-hmm. What is are people disagreeing with me? Whereas a man in a similar position is just going for it. He's just doing it, and he's not. He's just saying whatever. This is it. I believe in it. Man, you know, go big or not, go home. He's not holding back. <laughs> yeah, he's not holding back. It, and that that's a good skill. I mean, that's that's a good ability to it just go. Here I am. Yeah. So she they were encouraging the women reading this book, The Confidence Code, to to, to basically care less about what people <laughs> think, you know, think less about it and and don't ruminate. Do not ruminate ahead of time or afterwards uh, when you're doing a presentation. And, and they did, they had a number of studies where the, the man and the woman are doing a thing together and it goes okay, except for this one thing. And the man lets it go. And the woman thinks about it for the rest of the week. And that is, that is in our way with confidence. So building the skill of, of being able to let it go, if things don't go perfectly, or if you screw up or whatever, let it go, fail, fail fast and move on is what they're saying. And this is something that women have to take a page from men about is like, go ahead, you know, fail, let it go. You, you blew it. That's fine. Every everyone else is moving on. Why don't you move on and do it better next time? Well, I, I love that. And I, I love too, cause I think about when I'm watching someone make a speech or do a presentation or something, and if things go awry and they're able to just like roll with it and, and not get all flustered, like you lean forward, like, Ooh, what's going to happen here. And then they, they can turn it into something that actually is more, even it adds more to the presentation. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, if somebody, you know, makes a mistake or something and gets really um, flapped by it, you know, Oh no. And then you just start watching, Oh, they're sinking, sinking, sinking. And I suppose some people like watching that. I personally don't like watching that, but yeah. I know. I remember <laughs> when I was in college and I was in a, a play. I was in the speech and drama department. I was in a play and I was amazed at this one guy who was so, he was so egoless about, about it. Like he had to, he had to run onto stage, uh, like, you know, really pelt onto stage full, you know, full tilt and say something right there. And the director would say, Oh no, you didn't say it loud. Do it again. And he'd go back Okay, and he'd pelt onto stage again, and he'd say, and then he'd flub it. He'd flub the line. Oh, okay, do over. Well, he did this thing over like 10 times before he got it right, and it didn't bother him in the least, where I was like really hovering on my delivery about everything <laughs> and, you know, and and really worried later that I hadn't, you know, quite got this, and I, I just was, uh, I re- I think, remember back then thinking I could learn from this guy. Oh, yeah. 
just do it, blow it, do it, blow it, do it again, blow it, do it better. Oh, it's better. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because these are probably important skills as we reach sort of this next phase of the pandemic where we're going out more. Because I'm going to show up and I'm going to be awkward. Have you heard that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know a reality anymore about the (laughs) pandemic. I don't know. I don't know. They're saying our mandate was lifted. Like, I don't know, a week and a half ago, but everyone's still wearing masks. uh, It's dropping. It's dropping. And next week, I'm actually going back to the Guthrie to for in-person theater after more than two years without it. Wow. And you were my careful model. You've been my model of the careful person. So it must be okay. I think if you're going to theater, I can probably do stuff too now. Well, and the thing about going to the theater, I love the theater. I love the live and in person. And there is sort of an element of wildness and there's an element of confidence when you watch those actors up on stage and they're just you know, and fully embodying their character and their story, and you just get swept away with it. I love that experience. And Mm. uh, so we've been season ticket holders for the Guthrie for years. And, you know, it's just a delight, but it's, it's kind of away from my personality. You know, I'm not an actor who would get up on stage and really love to have everybody looking at me. But I love seeing You're people kind of work. A behind the scenes gal. I am. But I love seeing people do it. And and they're doing exactly like they're kind of being wild when they really take on a character and showcase personality traits or whatever. And, you know, everybody gets involved and starts laughing or, you know, is moved by it. And then the confidence, too. You know, I, I want to develop these parts of my personality more. I think that's I think that's my takeaway from the class. Me too. Let's do mm-hmm. that, Aaron. Okay. my friend let's be buddies let's be confidence buddies okay well this will be our post pandemic I, I i shouldn't say post pandemic because i know we're not technically there yet but we're getting there we are getting there mary dress rehearsal yeah dress okay rehearsal whole life. yeah <laughs> sounds good all <laughs> I'll, right well I'll, I'll let you know in the next week or so what my my new confidence edge will be okay yeah yeah, any other little morsels of wisdom you want to share before we call it a podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like if it doesn't hurt anybody, just do something weird this week. Okay. Just do something different. Do something, shake it up. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thanks, Mary. This was fun. And uh, if anybody listening who hasn't joined the class wants to join the class, what do they do? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a good juncture because we're halfway through. We got eight more weeks, two modules, two four week modules coming up. And this next one is really juicy. It's uh, the living your purpose module. And we're talking about wonderful things like how do you figure out uh, how to use your will correctly in your life or how do you need to Very relax good. into a higher will? And um, we're also going to have a class on boundaries, you know, how Excellent. you keep uh, choosing who and what you'll have in your life so you're not wasting time on things that aren't you and more. So uh, people can look look that up um, on my website and they can sign up on my website. It's maryhaysgreco.com. It's on the homepage. My Beautiful Life class. Mm. You can jump in for module three, check it out or sign up for both modules. Module four is called The Long Game. And um, that's, well, you can read about it. Check her out. Join us. Join us. It's really fun. 
That sounds great, Mary. Well, thank you so much. And thanks you for thanks to you for listening. And we'll, we will see you next time. See you next time.